I'm just going to keep it up. I'm just going to steer into the skid. Yeah. Special episode of Nerd Shit in the Dark. If you couldn't tell from our little cold open there, much like Braden himself, who didn't notice. We're very confused. <laughs> this is our Lord of the Rings, not Lord of the Rings special episode, but we are covering Return of the King. Hell yeah. My favorite movie of all time. That's right. It's the 20th anniversary of Return of the King, and we can't think of any better way to celebrate it than to do a podcast and on do it. Do an episode of Nerd Shit in the Dark. Watch it. And then come back and just talk. I got a lot to talk about with this movie, but I am pumped. I'm I don't pumped. think we've ever actually talked, like, discussed any of yeah. Lord of the Rings on here before. No, well, even though it's hit some, you know, little bits and you know, bits and pieces, bits and pieces, but never it's like both, this. It's both of ours. Yeah, one of our favorite pieces of media. Correct. It's yeah. Well, it's like your favorite movie. It's my favorite movie ever. of all time. So like, I'm excited to get down with some of the discussion topics that I have for us after the movie to have with you. Right. We've talked about it, but it's going to be fun to talk about it on. Yeah. So look out for that. That's coming. Not too long. But how you been? I've been doing great. Good. Um, you know. No. Playing some, <laughs> playing some new games. Uh, good, good, good. Getting ready for the holidays. Yeah. Stressing about the gifts I haven't bought people yet. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. How, how many you still got to get? It's almost Christmas. A few. A few. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, that's scary. I got ahead of that this year. I literally just pulled up. I got Miranda's like months ago. I saw it and I was like, done, deal. Yeah, I hate Black Friday shopping. Yeah. So I didn't go. I did everything on Amazon and this year. And then I just never went. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. I'm going to hammer that out this week. Yeah. Takes me back. You know, this used to be tradition where Jared and I, for the like the day before Father's Day, and or maybe even Father's Day itself, and the day before Christmas, maybe two days before Christmas, he and I would go to the Dubois Mall or whatever, Walmart, and just last minute shop for our families. Yeah. And we would do that for years. We're a lot better about it now. We're growing up. But. One time I got my mother for Mother's Day one of those uh, like laser crystal things mm-hmm. of me. Yeah, Selfish. there's a picture of of, of me in narcissist. There. Yeah, because yeah. they were making them at school. Oh, and so I was like, I'll get one made for me, and this will be a perfect Mother's Day gift. Yeah, because what better gift to give to my mother than the gift of me, her son, the person lasered that makes her. into a crystal? No, that's that's a pretty sick. I might borrow that. So with Sora being around, the all, most oh, of my Christmas laser, gifts are just get based him around him, and everybody's yeah. gonna love it. So easy. Hopefully for the rest of my life, I can. Or at least their lives. Yeah. I, can pound I want to see out. his little holographic face. Yeah, staring out out at me yeah. from a crystal. 
Well, I'm like going to give it to my mom, not in you. In Star Wars. What? Nothing. Ah. Yeah. So, eh. Holidays are coming up. Hanukkah's done. Now we're going toward Christmas. Yep. And we're going to treat ourselves today with Lord of the Rings. So that's exciting. But yep. Uh, yep. Merry Christmas to us. Merry Christmas to us. This is kind of our Christmas special. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is... Lord? <laughs> yeah. You know? Lord. It's Jesus. basically a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's sort of a Christmas... I view... All three Lord of the Rings movies is kind of like Christmas movies. Right. They came out around Christmas. Yeah. Uh, there's that one the, in the first movie where they're on the mountain and there's all the snow. Yeah. That's kind of Christmas-like. So The whole thing is about trying to return a gift that they didn't want. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that, no. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Wow. Yep. The five golden rings. This is some Christmas lore that most people aren't aware of. The five golden rings in 12 Days of Christmas are actually the five dwarven rings. Wow. That yeah, are still Yeah, because Santa's, Santa's elves are actually just dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of racist that they're called elves. Yeah, because they're not like, like Lord of the Rings elves are tall and sexy. Sexy. Yeah. Santa's elves are small and yeah. short. Like I want to fuck one. Yeah. What? I wouldn't fuck one. No, me neither. Would not. I wouldn't either. Me neither. Not even if I got really drunk. I haven't drunk even thought about it. And like I was desperate and times were tough. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't. You want to go there? No way. So, ooh. So new nerd shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I might have a couple things. I think I'm going to cover two things for new nerd shit before we get into the movie. But you said you had something. I love when I you start. I have one main thing I want to talk about. Then I'm going to let you roll because mine are kind of. Brisk. So I recently started God of War 3. For PlayStation 2? On Steam. On Steam, yeah. Yep. Wow, that's an oldie, but a goodie. Yep. Or I guess God of War 3 was PS3. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Go on. Yeah, well, it's, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's God of War 3. Are there other God of War games after 3? There's the two that came out. For, like, There's God of War that came out on PS4, and then the newest one is God of War Ragnarok. Is Ragnarok the one with the Norse? Um, I think God of War and God of War Ragnarok are both based in the Norse. No, I thought that they're originally Greek. Yeah, the original three are Greek, but then the new two that came out in the past like five years are, are the Norse. Whichever it's whichever the newest one where you have the sun. That's the newest God of War. So that's okay, technically God of War four. God, so it's not God of War three. Uh, God of War four. Okay, that's a great game. I yeah. have I have that game. Yeah, I haven't played the newest one, but I have played that one. So yeah, I just started it. Yeah, you digging um, it? I'm digging it. Yeah, we got. I ran into the main villain, which I know is Balder, but we don't know he's Balder yet. You fought him outside your like cabin, and he beat yeah, the shit out of you. Which is a great fight. Great fight. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, challenging. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, it's like the first level of the game too, and you just yeah. get that epic anime esque fucking battle it's with him. Fu- yeah, you're you're fucking going through mountains, yeah. and cracking the ground, yeah, and yeah, throwing yeah. big boulders on each other, and that fucking. Hitting them like a baseball bat with a log. Yeah, yeah, dope start to a game. Yeah, how far? How and how far are you? You just uh, got done with that. I just started, so okay. I got done with that, and we we're setting off for the mountain, and we're fighting. We just fought like our first revenant. Okay, did dude? Did you get to the part where like you're you're in like the the little sailboat, and you you go to that like big fucking sea monster in the in the water no nope. oh, that thing is sick yeah it, the scale of the game is so I'm well not f- done yeah i'm not far into it okay um but i am excited because i do like norse mythology yeah and i think this is this one's the one that's all norse mythology mm-hmm. correct this one in the sequel ragnarok or yeah yeah like one series and i originally i had to look it up 
because I wanted to be able to talk about him. Uh, I wanted to look up who Balder was because it doesn't tell you who he is initially. You just know he's a Norse god. Right. And I would have waited for the story to reveal that, but I wanted to be able to talk about him here today. So okay. I looked up just to check who he was. You spoiled but, it, but that's fine. I mean, you already knew. Yeah, because I'm like, it's not Thor. Right. And it's not... No, Thor, it doesn't seem like Loki. Thor is involved, and Loki is involved as well, but you'll get there. Well, I figured they'd, they'd all be involved. They're all involved, yeah. Yeah. So I'm Maybe not in just the first one, but by the time he played through... I know I've heard things about Ragnarok, so... Yeah, because I'm waiting to see... Like, I'm assuming Odin will show up at some point, too, and I'm excited to meet all of them. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, who is this guy? Because he seems really tough, but he doesn't seem like... And he doesn't look like he would be. He doesn't look like he would be... Like, you literally stand a foot taller than him. He reminds me of Godbrand. Castlevania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you just see, like, he just initially, like, bitch slapping Kratos, and Kratos is trying to, like, keep his cool because mm-hmm. his son's in there. And then Kratos is, like, enough and, like, punches him real hard. And then, like, he goes down pretty easily. And you're like, oh, this guy's not that tough. And then he's like, all right, now it's my turn. And, like, uppercuts Kratos. Yeah. You just, he just goes flying. Yeah. It, it is like an anime it fight. It is like an anime fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. And his whole thing is that he can't die mm-hmm. or he's cursed to he's got he has doesn't he like regenerate a little in yeah that he fight? regenerates yeah. which kratos can also regenerate but not as well not like he does not yeah. like he does we're like i think he literally can't die mm-hmm. um which i think kratos can die i think he can too um i think he's more like a demigod for some reason in that series yeah i could be wrong though. I, yeah the lores i haven't played any other god of war games because so they the take place after the me. original three so all that lore would take place in the first three god of wars right yeah right yeah because he already has like weapons and stuff that do the axe the how axe much, is great how much fucking fun is just chucking that axe oh around? i love it yeah and you can like upgrade it throughout the game yeah recall it it's a pretty good time yeah i'm excited the combat's fun yep i might have to switch over to to mouse and keyboard and not the mouse pad oh oh you play like that i played it on my playstation so i'm yeah. just used to the controller yeah because some of the fights are pretty tough especially when the mouse doesn't always register when i click the hit yeah so i, I have to space dodge oh wow a lot jesus dude i would recommend just putting the controller in yeah but that's just me but yeah it's i'm, I'm having a fun time with it so far the store it's been a while since i've played like a story oriented game oh yeah it's pretty it's very story heavy um like the last game was like horizon zero dawn mm-hmm. was like the last story oriented game i've played besides that it's been mainly like strategy games or yeah you know co-op games right Baldur's gate Baldur's gate yeah i guess that's a story game it is a story game but it yeah very which i wonder i i'm assuming balder in the D universe is a different balder from our from our universe probably yeah so, but I wouldn't. Because when I saw his I name was Balder, I'm like, oh, Balder's Gate. Yeah. It's hard not to think of Connection, but I don't know if there actually is a connection. I'm sure there. there's probably just a, yeah, like yeah. a kawinky dink. Yeah, because he is, these are all actual yeah. Norse gods. Yeah, I'm sure D&D borrowed it from that. And, right. But I don't know enough about D&D or to, you know. Yeah, I think D&D does borrow stuff from actual mythology. I'd buy it. Oh, yeah. well, they would definitely have to because yeah, a lot of the creatures there shit. Yeah. from mythology. So. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know how, because I know D&D has its own gods. Like, I don't think they have. Yeah, I think you're right, too. Real life pantheon yeah, yeah, gods. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Atreus? Um, he's annoying. He's yeah. annoying little shit so far. Useful with his bow. Yeah. But I'm excited because I love the, like. Character development. Character. Well, yeah, I love, I, like, he's right for character development because he's like a snotty little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, who I guess was sickly when he was young, mm-hmm. and like his father Kratos doesn't believe in him, 
And I'm really excited to see that relationship form up more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see him be like more of a loving dad. Yeah. Because I know it's coming. Right. And those are some of my favorite plot points. You like the dad. You like the tough dad that I loves like the tough son. dad slowly warms up to the, the annoying kid and they yeah. protect each other. He's trying. Trope. He tries. Like at the beginning. It's fun to watch Kratos, who you've only seen from the other three God of War games, just be a fucking maniac. <laughs> yeah. Now he's a dad. He's got the fucking beard. I love his beard. His beard is great. It's a good... I'm so glad they it made that. It makes him look very godlike. Yeah. And... uh yeah, I'm excited because I thought he was going to initially be way harsher on him, mm-hmm. but he already is he's kind trying. of like, you could tell he's he's putting forth effort. He's not loving, right? but he's also not abusive, right. which I was half expecting him to be. You would think, yeah. He's not. He's not. Yeah, he's doing his best. Yeah. I've, I've heard some things that go on in the second game. I'm trying to not be spoiled because I, I have to play it still, but that relationship continues to grow i suppose and there's some twists along the way but the the god of war that first one and i think ragnarok as well but i know the first one when it came out it, it, it's like a 10 out of 10 a lot of people fucking yeah blew their loads all i've over always that game wanted when to play out. play the god of war games and yeah. i figured that one did you play any of the old ones no. oh really they're, they're very different they play they're more hack and slashy yeah than I, they are, I like, figured that but they're still fun. I would recommend those ones too. But yeah, I'm excited to see. Uh, they're already hinting at like Atreus's god powers, mm-hmm. or that like he's inherited things from his mother, mm-hmm. which I don't know who his mother is yet. I did not look that up. Yeah, she's from the other games. I figured she was from yeah. the other games, but she's dead in the beginning. Like it's the beginning scene. Yeah, that yep, they're yep. like prepare, preparing her funeral. Right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, for some reason, I don't more know. info as the game goes on. I assumed. Yeah. That's how stories tend to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wrote it. Really? Mm-hmm. But I said, no money, please. I'm... Yeah, no money, no credit. I like I like roughing it. Yeah, that's fair. You know me. But yeah, we just thought we're going to this mountain to spread her ashes or something, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, you are pretty early on still. Yeah, so I'm assuming like that's the not the main fun. quest of the whole game. Not not entirely. Yeah. I mean, they're there's, saying there's it's going to sh- take a while to get there. You're going to do a lot of cool see shit the along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it can't take that long. Oh, I can no. already you, see the mountain. You get on the mountain pretty quick. There's yeah. just a lot of shit going on. You, you, dude, you like get on the mountain and then you start like, you go through like gates and doors that take you to like other, I don't want to say dimensions, but practically you'll yeah. understand when you get there. It's a, it's a gorgeous well, game. Well, I figured it's, it's going to be like, uh, you blowing that shit up on your 70 inch TV in your living, in your basement? No. Because you should, man. That game is gorgeous. Huh? I'll have to figure out how to do that. Put an HDMI cord in your computer and stick it in your TV. Well, there you go. Done and done. Well, I'm assuming it's, because isn't in Norse mythology, there's like nine layers of, or like nine worlds or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty though. They, they, they all have like a different aesthetic and I'm excited to hear you finish this game and tell me some more shit that you yeah. like about it. Isn't Earth one of them? Um, I don't remember. Midgard. Yeah. Earth is Midgard. Yeah. 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 So that's where it's like already taking place at, right? Isn't that where it starts? I don't know where we are. Oh, I think you are in Midgard at the beginning. We must be in Midgard. I mean, yeah. there's still like, we fought a troll. And... Yeah. I'm pretty sure you are. I haven't played it in a couple of years, but because it came out in 2018, I want to say. They've hinted at Frost Giants, which I'm excited to see some of those. Ooh, you're going to see some shit. Because I, I like Norse mythology, but I don't. It's probably one of the pantheons i'm least familiar with but i had percy jackson right right growing right, up right. so i know a lot about greek correct in roman mythology i hear that show's not too bad to start with the new one on disney plus i haven't watched it I, well, people seem to 
have good reviews about it, but that's not not what we're talking. I just wanted to throw that right, in there. But shout out to per- the Percy Jackson series, series on Disney check it Plus. Out. I've heard good things. I haven't watched it myself, nor have I read the books, so I don't know much about oh, it. I've read the books. I've seen the first movie. I think movies are bad. I've heard. Yeah. 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 These are bad. <laughs> uh, I but I'm excited to watch the Disney Plus show. And that be my experience with Percy Jackson. Yeah, I think that I would don't be plan better. on reading the books, but that's just me. Because this is like their second shot at the franchise, so usually they correct the. And this will mistakes. tell me how Disney Plus, because Disney Plus can handle Percy Jackson pretty well. I feel like when because they, they're doing Aragon, they're doing the the inheritance cycle. Oh yeah, on Disney Plus. So if that's they can nail one. this, I think they can. That's another one that needs. That's another one. That's movie mov- movie was so bad that like bad. Ruined everything. Ruined any chance of it getting rebooted for yeah. like the next ten years. To try twenty, I was in the ninth grade when that fucking movie came out, dude. Yeah, I remember when it came out and I liked it, but I was also probably like seven years old. I fucking hated it because I already read the book, so it was just like it's such a shit. On, it's like the guy read the front cover and was like, "All right, let's make a movie." Yeah, but uh, I, I digress. So, God of War, you're playing it. I think you're gonna really enjoy it by the end. Yep, it's a masterpiece game. Sick. So that's my new nerd shit. You want to pass me that baton? I'll pass it. Oh, wait. Whoa, it's Christmas theme. Go along. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Oh, oh. oh you see that? Oh, I man. saw it. That was oh. really intense. Dude, I fell. You completely shoved your uh, Miranda over I d- to get that. <laughs> my Miranda is on the ground, but I have the the Christmas pole baton. It's Christmas themed. <laughs> Full torque. Um, so my new nerd shit, I got a couple, but since we're on the theme of, of video games, I'm going to talk to you about this game that I started playing, um, and I'm sure you've heard of it, it's Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Have you played it? No. Yeah, so NOS once again recommend, this is another NOS recommendation. Another like Dark Souls-y kind of game, isn't it? Um, sort of, but no. Like, you don't die and have to go collect your shit and things like that. It, you die and, like, just go back to your save point. Or, like, the enemy's really tough and... They yeah so I'd say the fighting style is kind of Dark Soulsy but I'll get to that. Um, it was on sale on the PlayStation Store for like twenty bucks, so I bought it because why not? I've heard good things about it. Nos fucking loves this game, so I was like, let's go. And so uh, the game is essentially it takes place. I don't really know exactly the. I think they give you a date at the beginning. I think it's like in the sixteen hundreds or something. But it's like Japan. It's like the samurais against the Mongols. Was it like a certain period? I think so. It was like the Edo period I, or yeah, something? Yeah, it might have been. I can't remember. I, at the beginning, I wasn't really reading. I was just like, come on, I just want to play the game. Yeah. Um, but it's you versus the Mongols, and like your entire, you're from Tsushima, which is like the the area that your clan, like, I could be butchering this, honestly, because yeah. I'm paying very little attention to the story because the game's so fun. The story's also good. I'm just like, we'll get there. So the Mongols come at the beginning of the game and like kill off your like clan basically and kidnap your uncle and it's so I love how the main like because like the samurai they're so full of pride they're so full of honor they want to fight like clean battles and like they the game begins with like the leader of your clan going to like face this guy and the Mongol dude just like fucking throws oil on him and then lights him on fire oh, <laughs> and this guy's like ah! so like. The Mongols play dirty right yeah. out the gate, and they just kill this guy, kidnap your uncle. You get like thrown off a bridge or some shit, and and then the game continues. You get wow. your sword, and because you're like the heir to the to the clan, and you're technically the leader of the clan at this point because your dad died before the game even started, and you're on this mission to rescue your uncle from from the Mongols who are like taking over this area, 
And so you're collecting like other samurai. It's, dude, it's so cool how you go about like missions in this game. So it's played like behind the back, third person, samurai style. You get a horse and you, it's open worldy. So you just travel and do missions and you're going to collect people to kind of help you on this mission to beat the Mongols. So like one of the missions is like you go to this one samurai who doesn't want to be a samurai anymore. And it's set up like old samurai movies where it's like the tale of Hu Young Song. And it like comes oh, up funny. on the screen and. Whenever you complete missions, it's just like, you know, the story's over, but it does it in like little tales and it's fucking fun, man. The battle system, it's kind of Dark Soulsy, but I don't know. It's really, you have like your block and you have your sword and it's hack and slashy, but like you got to think like they'll come at you with the spears. You got to like dodge and, and, and parry and all that kind of stuff. It just feels so smooth. And you do those. It's gruesome. You're swinging your sword. You're cutting people up. You have heart attacks. You have light attacks. You, you can get throwing star or throwing knives so nice. that's been fun you can people come at you can bash them right in the head do you get do, do those followers help you so yeah along or the are way they just like a story element they're like a story element i haven't got to the point where like in those stories that you're doing they'll be with you on your missions and shit i think eventually you're getting them to like build this army to go fight the the mongols at the end right so they kind of only help you on the missions you do with them they don't follow you after the fact but that's okay I love just getting on my horse because you'll just be running through the woods and like there's a group of Mongols that you'll have to fight and um, you can do a standoff with them where you hit up on the D-pad and you just get on like a one-on-one kind of like a fucking old western shooter with them and you hold you hold triangle and then as soon as they go to swing you let go of triangle and you just fucking slice them in half. Oh nice. You, you feel like a samurai playing this game and I've been having a re- I'm not super far into it but man am I having a good time playing it. And all the story arcs, like, all the little tales, they're really good. Like, yeah. you don't always save, like, some of the missions are like, go find this person. And, like, so you don't always save everybody. Like, sometimes you do. But, like, sometimes, like, oh, this guy that you're helping, and guess what? The Mongols actually killed his whole fucking family. Oh, wow. What are you going to do? So, yeah, it's it, it's dark. Not predictable. Not predictable. You know, you're not always going to win, even though you you beat the mission. That's I like that. That's yeah. a sign of a good story. Yeah, 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 yeah. People get their comeuppance. I have a fun fact. Okay. So during Kublai Khan's time, who was... This guy's a... The the Mongol in this is like a relative of his. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, because Kublai Khan, I think, was the... He was either the nephew or the grandson of Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. And he... Let me get the name on this guy, but go ahead. Yeah, and he attempted to invade Japan once, but on the way over... Like seventy percent of his fleet was wiped out by a tsunami or like a monsoon mm-hmm. that was out of season. Like it wasn't supposed. Like it was very rare for monsoons to happen. Divine intervention, time. or it might have been a typhoon. A big storm mm-hmm. wiped it out, and then they waited a few more years to like rebuild and did it again. And this time, like eighty percent of his fleet was wiped out again by a, a freak typhoon that was out of season he's fooled me once yeah and so Same they never attempted to invade again after that and uh that is where the term kamikaze comes from because it means divine wind wow yeah you sometimes learn things on this podcast it's not all about just talking about nerd shit that's right and then kamikaze was appropriated during world war ii for like the uh suicide attacks mm-hmm. so the villain's name in this it, he is Khotun Khan. He is the cousin of Kublai Khan and the grandson of Genghis Khan. Ah, okay. So that's who, like, that's the guy that fucking lights the dude on fire right at the beginning of the game. So it's just like, oh man, these guys are not fucking around. Yeah. You fight him on, like, a bridge also at the beginning of the game and you just beat your ass, but... 
I, I totally, I'm totally into this game. I like the, I love the battle style. But I told Nasus, so I was like, the climbing element in this game is absolute dog shit. Like, <laughs> whenever you have to climb shit, it's, it's, it, it could be better. Well, you're a samurai, not a ninja. That's true. That's true. And like, it's funny because you can do assassinations, but like the first time I did one, there was like a cutscene to you with your uncle, and he was like, "Samurai, don't do this." So I was like. But Jay Screenback going to do this. I'm going to assassinate people as much as I can. Not your mother's samurai. Right. I'm a cool samurai. You damn fucking tootin'. There's a bow. You get a bow and arrow at one point, so you can do long distance, and you kind of got to, like, work with the wind and work with the the drop. So that's... I love bullet slash arrow physics in games. and that's totally... in The the wind is a very... Like, you use the wind to, like, guide you, but, like, what the wind does affects your gameplay. The kamikaze. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's really, and like, Nas said, like, oh, the bow is so satisfying. And I'm like, you're right. When you get, like, a headshot kill with the bow, or if you kill anybody immediately with a bow shot, you are just like, oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, feels and, like, good. You get experience points. You get, tech, like, points to, like, build your, you can get different sword styles. You can get different, like, techniques. I know, like, you, I just recently changed my throwing stars into, like, you throw, like, some sort of oil or something at people and blow them up as, as like, That's your fun. throwing thing. Yeah, I- I'm still pretty early on as well into this game, but it's pretty gory. You said it's pretty gory. Yeah, you're slashing people up all over I love the place. It. Yeah, it's and it's a beautiful game. Like I've been playing it on my portal for the most part, and it looks pretty good on that. But like just yesterday, I played it on my actual monitor on my PS5. Fucking gorgeous game, dude. Very yeah. beautiful. Plays super smooth. Couldn't recommend it enough. You just get on your horse, which I named Sora. You get the choice of three names, and one of them is Sora. So I was like. Hell yeah, Sora. You named your horse after a video game character? I, I did. I did. I did. My favorite video game character. Seems dumb. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm not the smartest of people. <laughs> but yeah, like it's easy to get hurt all the time. Like I said, the sword fighting is so... It's a very refreshing take on video game sword fighting because you think you could just hack and slash, but people defend and you have to block. Like You got to parry and block a lot in this game. You can't just... It's almost like you're learning how to actually sword fight kind of yeah they at least think like a samurai yeah so that's that's a real fun part of it i like it I, i'm i nas recommended it and i was like he's been talking to me about it for years it came out in 2020 and i do intend it sucks i never finished spider-man 2 but i'm gonna play the shit out of this game because it's pretty cool and i'm in a big samurai phase right now like we just finished the first new season of roni kenshin um and i'm a big roni kenshin fan and uh, I'm playing this game, so I'm just like really into samurai. You're in your shit, samurai right? era, yeah. Where I was in my dragon era in the last episode, I'm in my samurai. I don't know if you know this about me, but Japan has a big influence on who I am as a person. <laughs> Japan's kind of got me by the balls. Well, yeah, Japanese anime used yep. to be a whole half of our show. Right, we had to cut it before we had cut it, but. It's funny I say that, too, because the other thing I want to talk about just real quick in New Nerd Ship before we watch Return of the King is an anime that I watched um, on Netflix. Here we go with the weep shit. Yeah, but I'm going to do it well. It's not just going to be us talking about the latest chapter that nobody knows because they don't read it. Right. I'm going to talk about it. But the the show that I wanted to talk about, it's called Pluto. Did I talk to you about this at all yet? No. I wanted to text you about it, but I wasn't sure if I had already Pluto. told you. It's called Pluto. It's on like Netflix. Like the non-planet? No, like the actual planet. Um, because a dwarf person's a real person, so a dwarf planet's a real planet, right? Right. Right. So, um, Pluto is this anime on Netflix. It's eight episodes. They're all about an hour long. But what it is is, it was based on the manga Pluto, which came out in the early 2000s. It's the first story arc 
from the original Astro Boy series, but recontextualized as a murder mystery series. Interesting. Dude, it's so fucking good, man. It's so fucking good. Because I don't know if you know a whole lot about Astro Boy. Which I don't. I don't know a whole lot. I know enough about Astro Boy. I used to watch it when I was a kid. But like... I've seen a few episodes when I was real young. Yeah. This is a very adult-oriented... Not like anybody's having sex or anything, but like it's it's dark. It's, like I said, a murder mystery. It's very character-driven. Um, I don't know how to talk too much about it without spoiling much. Like I said, each episode's about an hour long, and it kind of cruises. A lot happens in a lot of episodes. I think this, this the manga was eight volumes, so they did a volume per episode. It's gorgeously animated. I don't know the studio that did it, but it is a very pretty anime as well. Um, not a lot of fighting. It's not a very fight. There is fighting in it. Don't there is action, but it's very. It's more like Death Note, where like you're trying to solve the mystery. It's very Astro Boys in it. Astro Boy, so yeah, he's one of the robots. So the original story of of like the first story arc of Astro Boy was like the the eight super robots or whatever from that lore, and Plu- yeah. Pluto is the villain. So the show's named after the villain of the series, Pluto, oh. which is Astro Boy's like first villain. But it's not from Pluto's perspective. It's not from Pluto's perspective, no. But he is the villain, and you you start to learn things about him. Like like I said, dude, the, the first episode. You you meet like the main character Gazik, because um, Astro Boy's really not. Because how about Gazout? <laughs> Astro Boy's really not. His name is Adam, because in Japan the series is called the Mighty Adam, and it changed to Astro Boy in America. So his name is Adam, because now we're better about that here in America. Yeah. Um, I watched the dub because you know, for an hour. I'm not gonna read for an hour. I'll read for 20 minutes, but I'll I'm gonna watch an anime through its dub, and it, it was dubbed super well. You follow. You mainly follow the detective, though. His name is Gitzikt. He's one of the like super powerful robots, and th- there's a mystery with him as well. There's mysteries within mysteries in this, so you're just constantly finding new shit out. But like every episode, kind of goes into the story of one of these super robots. And man, I mean, half of the first episode, you are just following this like beautiful story between one of the robots and this old man. And the whole time I was watching it, and I was their just love. Like, this feel what. They're in love? They're not in love, no. Oh. But the, the old man actually hates robots, so you kind of watch them become like friends with each other, and it's it's just beautiful. You don't know why this is happening. You're like, how does this pertain to the, everything that was going on in the beginning of the of the first episode? And then it kind of ties it in at the end. But you were there for it. I was so there for it, man. I, I fucking love this show. I, and I hated because I started it before Sora was born, so I had to like wait till I got back to work to finish it. Didn't matter. I, I cruised through the rest of it. It, you know, it has a nice, finite Where, ending. Where'd you say you watched it? It's on Netflix. It's on it's Netflix. It's a Netflix show. Yeah. Eight episodes. Watching a lot of things on Netflix right now. Yeah. Well, things on Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Nice. Yeah. We restarted One Piece. Oh, wow. Showing Kaylee One Piece. Oof. That's... A live action. Oh, oh, okay. That's an easy undertaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, you gotta see Eight this. Eight episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then watching Andor. She's also oh, never seen Andor. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm like, you got... Because she, she was one of the ones who, like lost faith after some of the other shows didn't do oh. well so she never gave andrew andor oh, wow. i almost said andrew andor a chance never give andrew that chance and i was deserves. like no you want to give andor a chance you need to give andor a chance yeah. yeah oh dude yeah Caden sent me a video of a guy that was talking about like modern star wars and he was kind of shitting on most of it but he like got to andor and like uh, i was like i could talk to somebody jerking andor off or i could listen to somebody was t- it drew gooden i have no idea who this was guy he was. blonde maybe yeah was he white yeah was he talking about 
the state of Star Wars. Um, kind of. And I, how there's too much. I of didn't it. agree with his his Ahsoka takes, but um, I could I couldn't like completely disagree I've seen with that them either. Video, if that's the one you're talking Let about. Let me see. Drew Gooden. Yep, it's him. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that video too. Yeah, I don't agree with his and his Ahsoka takes, but I did. I didn't. His Ahsoka takes her. His Ahsoka takes were a little bit too much. People who read what other people say on the internet, he didn't make his opinion up for himself. Kind of talk, but that's fine. You know, there's a lot of those people out there. I was just very bored. Yeah, and good Ahsoka. video. I liked it. I mean, his points on everything else, I really agreed with, especially Andor. His Ahsoka ones, I was like, eh, yes and no, because you know me with Star Wars. Star Wars is not Christopher Nolan. We just got lucky that we got one that kind of is. Right. But Astro, or Astro Boy, Pluto, very Death note vibes with just like the kind of dark and mystery. So if you're into like wanting to watch an anime like that, I totally recommend it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll give it a shot. And you know, you kind of get into Eight like episodes, you say? Eight episodes, all about an hour long. And it's fun because like I said, Astro Boy is, is literally like the grandfather of anime it's the first like real shonen anime so to see like a, a recreation of it in a very dark kind of nuanced way i like reimagining old things yeah in new ways it's pretty cool and like the whole time you're just waiting for because he doesn't do very much astro boy you honestly it's gazik who's more of the main character of this but fine when, when you finally see him do some astro boy and you're like yeah let's fucking go fucking astro there's astro boy adam yeah so check it out Totally yeah. would recommend it. Super easy watch if you have time for it. So that's that all. Your last? That's all I got. You know what that means? I do know what that means, dude. It's, it's time. time. It's time to celebrate our boy's birthday. Let's fucking throw this ring in a volcano. Oh. Whoa. Spoilers. Let's try to throw this ring in the volcano. Right. Winky face. Winky face. All right. So everybody, I'm going to let you all go for a minute. Just a minute. We're going to watch a very special movie that's near and dear to my heart and Braden's, probably. And, um. It is. Good. Yeah. And we'll be back. Toodles. No news of Frodo. No word. Nothing. We have time. Every day, Frodo moves closer to Mordor. Do we know that? What does your heart tell you? That Frodo is alive. All right, we have just, just completed watching Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And boy, did he. And boy, did he. Yeah, he came back hard. Yeah, never been more excited to see someone crown king. No. Oh, we'll get to that. Words can't describe. This was your first time seeing it? Yes, yeah, my first time ever. Right. <laughs> now, this is probably probably like my 20th or 30th time seeing it Definitely, fully. Yeah, seriously. Seen it on and off over the years. I could not even begin to tell you a number on that. Just know it's a lot. Where to begin? Where to begin? Where to begin? I suppose at the very beginning. I suppose at the very beginning. I'm just going to repeat you. You're just going to keep saying stuff and I'm going to repeat it. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, um, we're the movie opens with the... What should have been titular character, Spiel. Mm-hmm. It's the first line in the movie, as you say. And it's him. It's Andy Serkis. Yep. Just as himself. Just as himself, which yeah. I did not realize initially. I, I, I figured it out, like, on my 15th watch through. When oh, I started wow. to realize what Andy Serkis looks like. Sure, yeah. As I was getting older. Mm-hmm. 
And so, but yeah, I didn't know that that was what Andy Serkis actually yeah, looked you would like. have been quite young when this came out. Yeah. I thought it was two different people that they had play him. That's fair. But yeah, he gets the ring, and here we are. And here we are. Yeah, it's a fun way to open up the movie, I think. I love that it... The movie could have started a million and one other ways. I like that they focus on Smeagol as being how they want to start this movie off. You've heard the story of Smeagol throughout the other two movies, and this one opens with, like, here's this guy, here's what this thing did to him, to which ultimately he's the one that destroys it by default. Right. So that's cool. I like that. I think that was a very smart choice by Peter Hjachons. Yeah, because like you said, we already know roughly what happened to him, but that helps us just put more into perspective what he used to be and, like, you know, makes it even more tragic when you see him how he is now Mm -hmm. and how he did used to be a semi-normal guy. Yeah. Although the Gollum thing was a thing before he got the ring. Mm -hmm. See, was made fun of a lot for the throat um, problem he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, like, yeah. a lot of phlegm, I guess. He was a really phlegmy guy. He looks like a phlegmy guy. Yeah, like, he does. Like Andy Serkis, the way they kind of dress him up, kind of looks like looks a kind of phlegmy, phlegmy guy. Mucusy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if we really talked about it much, but uh, we decided to watch this today in celebration. 20 years. 20, 20 years, years ago today, this movie was released. I'm, I was December seven years 17. old. Yeah, I was in sixth grade, so I was—I think I was eleven years old. And there weren't many movies that could hold my attention beyond Star Wars at that point when right. I was seven years old. Right. That would for got so me. long. It's a long fucking movie. Yeah. And it really cruised. I—I think it—it it, really—it depends on your setting. It depends on what you're doing while you're watching it. But like for us today, I felt like that movie cruised. Yeah. Probably because we were chatting, having a good time while we were watching it instead of just strictly focusing in on the movie. We were at the halfway point before we even knew it. I know. It was shocking. What is your favorite scene in the movie? Well, that is a good question. I know. So the movie is riddled with good fucking scenes. I'll start I'll start with what my favorite scene in the book is and then compare it to the movie. So my favorite scene of all times in all the books is when Sam fights Shelob. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but that scene is still fantastic in the movies. I don't know if it's my favorite scene in the movies. Okay. Because the movies has so many other awesome scenes. Yeah, too many, but it is a good scene. Well, honestly, it might be kind of cheating, but it's the truth, but like the initial charge of the Rohirrim and like everything that built up to that is probably my favorite scene. Your favorite scene is the Rohirrim charging in? Because that, that's the scene where it, like, gets me the most hype mm-hmm. in the movie. Like, there's other hype moments, but that's, like, peak hype for me. That's a good moment. Yeah. yeah I don't blame you Where for I feel the most inspired. Like, yeah. anytime I watch the movie, that's that still gets my heart Yeah, pumping. the lighting in the scene. The, yeah, you're right. The build-up to them finally getting there, along with the speech, along with the cheering, yeah. along with the chart, and then they just fucking crawl through all those orcs yeah mow that scene's pretty awesome mow them down like butter like they would have won the battle they mentioned how they have 6,000 spears and that's less than half of what he hoped for Mm. and Aragorn said that that's not gonna be able to break the lines of Mordor which he was right but also if they didn't have those elephants Mm. they probably could have won that battle they probably could have probably would have been enough to break the lines of Mordor they shellacked the orcs that were there yeah it wasn't until until the elephants came in, and they the were elephants like, oh, came fuck. in. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could also throw in that, like at that point, neither were the Nazgul really involved either. So maybe once they started coming, it could have made it a little harder. Yeah. But the elephants definitely, definitely fucked things up. Yeah. But even still, those elephants come in, and it doesn't seem all hopeless. I mean, there's still that scene where where he fucking 
spears the guy, <laughs> and that guy falls over, and the elephant kills another. Two elephants are taken. Like, they are putting up a hell of a fight right. for just what they are. You think it's hopeless, especially because the elephants are, like, specially designed to destroy cavalry. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, ropes tied between their tusks to just whip around and yeah. mow down anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I questioned the the uh, the tactical decision-making of Theoden of wanting to do, like, a straight head-on charge at the elephants that have anti-horse yeah. weaponry and tusks. Yeah. But they, they come around to it. They make, they an, they make to... a plan in the moment because they are cutting the legs or kind of doing the AT-AT scene from Star Wars in their own way. It was kind of like the AT-AT like scene that, yeah. in Star Wars. They don't Wars. rope them, but they're attacking the legs. Yeah. So, yeah. It's something I've always known. No, the, I think that scene is like heavily inspired by like a lot of Star Wars. Because like they're, they're like AT-ATs. They think I'm down like AT-ATs. And the way they film just legless taking down, like the way they're up on that thing kind of looks like Java's palace too. Yeah. Like it's kind of like a mixture of the two. I don't know if there's any inspiration that Peter Jackson got when he was filming those scenes to make them. Cause even the, the Wilhelm screen takes scream takes place during legless. Like a guy gets thrown, oh, he does yeah. a scream, which is in the Jabba move, like part of which, the Star Wars. Which to be fair, so, that Wilhelm screams right, a you, lot. They use it a lot, but they had stopped using it as much by the time Return of the King comes out. So yeah. I do feel like there's something I there. I want to believe that there's sure. some kind of homage in there. Maybe. Yeah. Um, That's just my nothing own Nothing confirmed, though. Nothing confirmed. But yeah, but yeah, even like the way the one elephant... But ele- if it is true, you heard it here. Even like the way some of the elephants die remind me of the AT-ATs, like how they fall down, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. kind of like... Front legs Front, front heavy. For, yep, yeah. yep, 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 definitely. So, I don't know. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, great. Legolas slides down one of their trunks like yeah. he's Tarzan. It only awesome. counts as one. Great scene. Great scene. Great scene. But What's like, your favorite battle. scene? Yeah, that is a big question. And that almost... I've seen this movie a lot. And I think it changes as I get older. It, it changes bits and pieces here and there. So, let me go down a list of like what used to be my favorite scenes. Okay. And then we'll get to what is my favorite scene. So what used to be, what, one of the scenes that was my favorite that got me the most hype is literally the moment that Frodo gets jabbed by Shelob and starts getting tied up and Sam shows up with the light of an Elenthiel yeah. and um, has has um, Sting. And it, just the way the camera pan, let him go, you feel. And the music plays. Yeah, the hero I music. Because, you know, like Sam's my boy. Sam is my favorite character of all of Lord of the Rings. And he... Just like that's kind of the, not entirely the crescendo of his arc in the in the books or in the movies, but it is a big moment when he comes back after getting ditched by Frodo and saves his friend essentially. It's where he kind of becomes like the true protagonist. Yeah, or like that's his big protagonist moment. Yeah, he goes from being not only is he a good friend and a solid companion, but when the odds are stacked, he is going to defend you and he's going to kick some ass. Sam yeah. proceeds to kick a lot of ass in He's that effective. fight and then going forward. So that was an old favorite scene of mine. Yeah, I was going to say my theory with why hobbits manage to overpower things a lot bigger than them is because they're just not used to fighting something so tiny and they don't yeah. expect them to actually be able to fight. Makes sense. They usually get to like, and they're also quick yeah. and nimble. Yeah. So they're able to stab them before they even know what's going on. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah. So that was one of my old favorite scenes. I'm trying to think of other like favorite scenes of mine before I get to my main one. I mean, I I love a lot of symbolism because that Sandy. scene is also sort of I like the symbolism that's behind Sam showing up in that moment. So I also like the lighting of the beacons. I feel like at one point in time, 
don't know if it was ever my favorite, but it's a big one for me. Just like the score, the symbolism of of it, and then just the build up from when Aragorn finally sees it. He he runs in to tell Theoden, and there is this pause that you as a viewer are kind of on the edge of your seat. Like, what is he going to say? The last thing we heard this guy say is, I'm not helping those motherfuckers ever. Yeah. And then you were rewarded with just this epic moment of him being just like, and Rohan shall answer. And that, and the music starts playing, and you're like, because he's more honorable than that. And he's going in to help in this fucking fight for the end of the world. Love it. Yeah. Lord of the Rings is, in my opinion, good with less is more. Mm-hmm. They don't have to say a big speech. Yeah. Or their big speeches don't have to be super long, mm-hmm. but they can be very effective. Very impactful. One-liners. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene in the movie, as of today, I, I think it hits me differently every time I watch it. It is the scene that when Aragorn is crowned and he he gets to the hobbits and they go to bow to him. Yeah, I think I knew that. And he he stopped. I, I think I get more emotional the older I get. I, I the last time when I watched it with Sam, I was basically in tears. Um, I remember the first time I watched it high, I was in tears. Yeah, I just fucking love that scene so it's goddamn great scene. much. And like they all bow to everybody in Minas Tirith just bows to the hobbits and they're all just standing there like they're so humble. It's like the emotional climax of the movie. For sure. And you all know it. You've seen what these hobbits have been through to get to this point. And even Aragorn knows. He's just like, you motherfuckers yeah. did way more than anything anybody ever expected of you and we would not be here if it wasn't for you. And he fucking bows to the lowest creatures on the on the middle earth you know the hobbits oh yeah people they, didn't they even know they existed for yeah ages oh yeah yeah so yeah that's my favorite scene it's not like once again symbolism um there are crazy good action scenes throughout this whole movie which we are going to talk about yeah. but it's those little moments that just have always since i was in the sixth grade and i saw this movie resonated with me i love this fucking movie yeah that's also one of my favorite scenes not my most favorite right but it's up there it's a top one yeah yeah i mean we said it at the beginning of the movie the way uh vigo mortensen delivers his lines even from the most subtle to the biggest he he was born for this role he was what does your heart tell you it's such a nothing line but it's so good you feel it the, everything, the direction of the scene, the filmography, the music, everything with everything he's ever saying. Fuck, it's so good. Yeah. It's so you good. You listen to him. Of course you do. With anything you he believe says, him. Fuck. You're on his side. So good. Um, I think this movie has a lot in common with the Step Up movies, too, in a way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, um, Was it one that the orc band started busting yeah, out yeah. their color guard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the orcs started dancing. Yeah. And, and Gondor was like, where are our dancers? And the dancers came in and they had a quick dance off. Yeah. No. I've been to marry you there. Yeah. They sang. No. It it's um it's the fact that every every actor in the movie is a hundred percent serious about what they're doing. Yeah. Just like in the step up. And that's what sells it because you have to be for both of those movies to work, even though they're vastly different movies, you have to be as an actor so serious about everything going on. Because it is goofy in a way. Right. Nobody talks like they do in the Lord of the Rings in real life, but you believe it because those actors sell it. That's what I was thinking when I was listening. When when you hear some of the dialogue, no, yeah, no one talks like this at all. Even with the elves, uh-huh. the elves talk really slowly. Hmm. Galadriel talks really slowly. Yeah. But it's all sold so well. Yeah. That like I'm like yeah, that's how they talk. Yeah. They're fucking noble and shit. They sure are. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you buy it and you believe it and it just it sets its own i thought of that at the beginning of the movie during this watch i was like they're very serious kind of like how the step up people were yeah very different though and i'm amazed the general audiences at the time took to that dialogue so quickly but i think it is because it just performed so well oh yeah i mean at that point in time especially by the time you reach the third movie like you You've kind of already bought into all of it by the first and second. You know it. You know it. By the time you walked into Return of the King, you knew what you were in for. Yeah. At and least you want like them to be epic like that. Because they yeah. ta- they're not supposed to talk like us. Like, they would talk more epically. <laughs> they're fucking knights fighting monsters. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's almost like... It's how people just speak in fantasies, and you just, you just go with it. Yeah. Not only the general audiences respond well to it, but critically, this movie, it, it, it is currently one of three movies that hold the record for most Oscar wins. Not just nominate. It got a lot of nominations. But I believe it won, I want to say, 11? Yeah, it swept. Yeah, 11, including Best Picture in 2004. Do you know Academy what it was Wars. up against for other Oscars? I like, could, what other I, movies I, were, were coming I out? I probably could. Because I would like to think, like... <laughs> what movies had to compete with the return of the king on opening weekend so the so the year. movies that were nominated at least against return of the king for best picture that year was a movie called lost in translation and then another movie called master and commander the far side of the world another movie was called Mis- mystic river and then the final movie that was nominated was sea biscuit guess what yeah. I haven't seen any of those. Dude, I haven't even heard of most of those except Seabiscuit. I've sea heard Biscuit. of Seabiscuit, not seen it. Yeah, I've seen Seabiscuit. I've heard of it. The other three, no idea. So, I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a big competition that year. I'd like to believe they did. 2003, I, I feel like if I really thought about it, there's some big movies that year. But Yeah, I feel like Fantasy they Fantasy was would have never even nominated. Yeah, they would have blown away anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that movie. No matter what it was up against, it was taken. It's just a shame that it sounds like it was kind of up against nothing movies. But that's just one of its 11 awards. So that's what I mean. This was a movie that paved the way for here we are today with everything movie-wise, at least fantasy. Like, they made fantasy Show that you can do big blockbuster movies with fantasy elements. It was during a time where that was kind of becoming a more prominent thing. I think Harry Potter... And the Lord of the Rings movies, they started at the same time. So they kind of helped each other out a little in that fashion. Like, there were these yeah. two very big, very, very important, popular, popular book-themed fantasy movies that were good. Yeah. Yeah. And one was targeted more for adults. Mm-hmm. Although Lord of the Rings kids can watch it yeah. and did watch it. And sure did. And the other was targeted towards kids. Correct. Yeah. I'm... But even then, seven-year-old me, I remember being excited for The Return of the King coming out. Yeah. How could you not be? That's something I remember. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I had no context of like yeah. the greater Tolkien lore at that point. Sure, yeah. I thought the battle scenes were just fucking sick and I wanted <laughs> to see if they were going to get rid of this ring or not. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was a little older by the time Return of the King came out, so I knew a little bit, but it was just a solid movie. I, I don't think I knew at the time that it was going to be such an important movie to my future at the time. Yeah. But... uh Man. Because that's the thing. You're, you're, we were kids yeah. still. You were, what, 13? I was 11 when we were the king. 11? I'm bad at math. Yeah. So you would have been 11. Sixth grade. I would have been seven. I, uh, we basically... Man, I lost my train of thought. Cut this. I will. Yeah. So you were 11. I was seven. Fuck, what was I going to say? I was trying to make a point about us being kids. I think the edible's kicking. Actually, is kicking. Okay. 
You can do this. You got this. Don't All worry, right. man. I can cut. You were 11. Figure it out. I was seven. What were we talking about before this? The Oscars, when it came out, how we felt when we were watching it. Um, right, that kids can like enjoy kids can it too. enjoy it too. You didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what I was going on. I kind of knew what was going on because I was a little older. You kind of knew what was going on because you're old. Because you're a little older. You asked me how old I was when I saw it. You said I was 13. I said I was 11. You said you were bad at math. <laughs> I was bad at math. <laughs> yeah. So you were 11. I was seven. As you said. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. I feel like you would have been good, lost too. You yeah. lost it completely. It was, I, thought it was, I don't know if it was great, the point I was going to make, but I thought it was something. <laughs> oh, man. I, I want to hear it, because now it's going to be weird if we move on, because it's we were kind of having a conversation there. <laughs> just kind of just, just get like the whole thing out completely. Uh, no. Um, so you were 11. Uh, I was seven. Right. We were just kids. We sure were. Yeah. <laughs> and we still enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We enjoyed it. I mean, it's. I mean, I, we were watching the movie and it was bloody. It's scary. Yeah. I feel like for a seven year old, that's pretty scary. Yeah. That's a scary movie. And like I said, I had no outer context of the lore. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. You just had seen the other one. But I loved it. I loved what I was seeing, mm-hmm. even though technically wasn't for me because I didn't really read big books at that time. No. I was just starting to get into Harry Potter. Yeah. I still say it would have been for you, whether you read that kind of shit or not. Yeah. And that's, that's just a testament to how good it is, is that it can transcend those things to where something I normally probably wouldn't understand or get, I was like all in, even though it took me a long time to actually learn the outside lore. And I like after multiple watches of the movie throughout my childhood. Yeah. For me to actually be old enough to want to read the books. Mm-hmm. And figure out what actually is going on. Yeah, which they do get a lot more deeper into in the in the books. I also think Lord of the Rings is one of the few movies, especially Return of the King, where they I hate to say change from the book, but they do they change things from the book, and people don't care. Yeah, because it worked, and and it, it was still really good in this movie, so they didn't care. That's why it's baffling that this adaptation turned out so well, because this was another one that they were like, "You can't do this right." Yeah, like or like it'd be too big especially the crazy scale. how many movies there are through history not to interrupt you on that point i don't want you to lose it right but that people felt that way about that turned out to be the like biggest movies of all time yeah yeah go on so many times we even just like that you have to, to nail the scale like it would be very expensive and there's no guarantee that like audiences would be into it and did they also make all three back to back film them all at once yeah or film them all at yeah. once so it was like a huge gamble that this was going to pay off and oh, people were going sure. to resonate with it mm-hmm. and so just yeah the miracle of how big it got yeah was crazy to and it's because they're just day. good movie they knew what they had yeah they had a guy who had a vision for it yeah just i mean dude i can't i can't think back to because i didn't ever experience it where all there was was the books and that's all I knew about Lord of the Rings. And then seeing that these movies come to life before your eyes. I mean, yeah. everything is so beautiful. Imagine just picturing Mordor through the books, the way it's written about the books. And then finally you get to see it. It, it, it were like, that's fucking more. When they're in Mount Doom, holy fuck. That's, that's crazy. it, dude. That's it. When they're in Revendell, when they're in Minas Tirith, every setting in all of these movies, especially this one. Holy fuck. They nail it so fucking hard, dude. Yeah. These movies rock. Oh my god. The Shire. Oh my god. This was the point where like CGI was starting to get better and like the CGI in it even though it some holds of it's up. dated. I think it holds up. 
it holds up yeah, massively. For the most part. You can see moments and little bits. Yeah. But because it holds up everywhere else, you don't really give a fuck. Gollum is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. And like, even the behind-the-scenes stuff of creating Gollum is fascinating with how much work they had to put into that whole look. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it worked. Like, you didn't feel like you were looking at something digitized or computerized. No. It no. felt like something in that world with them. Even, like, when Sam would hit him, like, those punches yeah. and, like, his acting yeah. just sell that effect so much. Like, it felt like he was making contact with this oh, yeah. thing that's there. There's nothing that seems... The the only moment of, like, weak CGI that I can even think of that I notice anymore, it's really only a couple. And I think some of it is actually just deleted scenes for the most part. But the one that's not a deleted scene, when Legolas slides off the elephant, yeah. you can kind of see it there. That's where, yeah. little green screeny. That and when, but it's fine. In the beginning, when Deagle gets pulled off the boat from the fish, mm-hmm. and he's like going through the water. Yeah, that's a little wonky yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but is that's a like wonky. a quick scene that yep. doesn't. That's not important. Kind of meaningless. Yeah, yeah. There's moments like that. I know in the deleted scene, there is like the, the the witch king. I can't remember how he breaks Gandalf's spear, but he makes it like shatter. Yeah, and the effects on that are relatively, you know, not great. Little things, dude. Little things where everything else just looks gorgeous. And right. Like, oh, my God. The fucking music in like this even, series just slant. It makes all these moments this slap punch, dude. Oh. Yeah. It's just perfectly scored. It's a similar thing with Star Wars where, like, you know, if it didn't have the soundtrack that it had, it would be a very different movie. Speaking of Star Wars, there was a thought I had during the crowning ceremony in this that I thought to myself, you know, I can, I'm starting to see where some people might be a little mad at Star Wars because Star Wars has the potential to be as good as The Lord of the Rings. For sure. We should expect it to. And the fact that we don't get it to that level, I don't need it to be that good because it's never it didn't start off that good. But I would be really happy to see something of that scale. That's why I was really thought of those moments where like it seemed like Peter Jackson was calling to Star Wars because it was like it evolved what Star Wars already did and then Star right. Wars couldn't quite do that. Yeah, We deserve something at big scale Star Wars type style it's all i'm saying not to get away from what we're talking about right but yeah and we were talking about oh before i got into that yeah. just the visual effects and oh, how yeah. pretty everything looks oh well, I, one other thing i was gonna say about the visual effects i feel like the cgi in this looks better than a lot of the cgi in the hobbit oh yeah which was made way definitely. later definitely well it's because it's because cgi here's the difference the hobbit movie was almost all made out of cgi yeah, so there's a lot more in this it was like we're going to use mostly practical and we'll just do a little filler work with cgi right you and that's when I mean? cgi is really good and it whole tends to hold yeah. up then you make a whole fucking movie that way there's no budget that can support that amount of yeah. cgi for an entire film break the hands of any vfx artist working on a Dude, movie with you that dog shit golden dwarf statue that melts onto smog in the second hobbit movie yeah it looks like soup looks like shit and the worst thing is didn't need to happen wasn't in the book no i digress um we're talking about return of the king or return to the king's birthday yes yeah not worst movie not hobbit movies yeah which are fine they're worse but they're fine but they're fine but they are worse than the best every in my opinion every movie is worse worse than return of the king so what does that mean good point thank you touche Nah, not really a touche, because... Just a good point. It's not like I was rebuting something you said. Is that when we say touche? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Honestly, I might have been using it this wrong this whole time. Yeah, I think when somebody, like, 
come gets one back on you, you just go. Oh, I thought it was just like. I thought it was just like good point. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was yeah. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Touche. 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 You know what that's from? Yeah. Touche. Shake it up. Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh. I knew it was a Nickelodeon show. Yeah. What did you say? Shake it up. Oh, yeah. Not that old. Yeah. (laughs) So. Right, touche, touche. That's touche. I can't yeah. wait to leave that in for, for that. Um, what else? 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 Come on. Do we want to talk about some of the violence? Sure. There's a lot of it. Sure is. The uh, the whole movie. One another thing I like about Return of the King. Not the whole movie, but I would say eighty nine percent of this movie is just one big battle scene from yeah. the beginning of end, which is the battle for Minas Tirith. Which rightfully should be most of the movie since it's supposed to be like the culminating battle it is strange that it's actually not the culminating battle though that's the final battle at the end which frodo has to win for the alliance right yeah, yeah. the alliance has to first sustain itself yeah and prove that they're worthy to take over defend uh, yeah. yeah 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 and i think it's it's better that way the this the ability to make most of the movie the the ministerial battle is just there's just way more to work with than there was to like Let's try to make the Mordor battle that ultimately these people don't win. Frodo wins it. You know what I mean? Right. They needed to make that seem lesser, even though it was way bigger. But that's definitely, yeah. It's it's interesting that that's like, like the end of the Siege of Minas Tirith is like the climax mm-hmm. of the physical action mm-hmm. that's going on. Because like there's other action scenes after that, but that's where like so yeah, it's mostly mental. it peaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you're watching now the story of sam and frodo right get this fucking ring up the mountain right yeah the rest is just stalling literally so the movie truly every scene makes you feel everything the scene wants you to feel yeah from the lightest ones to the to the point where we're near the end of the movie sam and frodo are just fucking a mile away from the door and they've been through all this shit you feel that fatigue you feel just how done they are that's why i said to you while we were watching it sam put frodo on his shoulders the it looks like they're right there, but then it pans out and they're like still super far yeah, away. Super just far. Just to walk at least a mile. With him on his back. Yeah. Ugh. And they're already starving and exhausted and have been for days. And Sam's gotten beaten up and had to beat up Gollum. Yeah. Or Smeagol like a dozen times at this point. They're fucking whooped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love, that's what I love about it. You as a viewer are entirely encapsulated by every feeling this movie wants you to feel throughout. You're this movie's bitch till the movie's over. It does. It plays you like a pan flute. Like a pan flute. Yeah. Even when you least expect it, pan flute. Yeah. So we established as we were watching this movie that uh, the orcs are a musical people because they're proven they're to... They're a band. They're a traveling band. They're a traveling band. They're proven to have a penchant for percussion instruments <laughs> and we heard some brass in there as well yep <laughs> and we also came up with the theory that the pan flute that you hear throughout the entire movie whenever there's a hopeful moment that they're going to get out of this or that there's a light at the end of the tunnel that the pan flute player is actually also an orc i've actually created a, a, a even further backstory for all of this with this story as well it just now where the reason the orcs, the reason they're all subjugated to Mordor and they want to, you know, they want to break out of the world, but that's why they're stuck there. It's where man led them because, because, um, they didn't want to play the pan flute and, and men were like, if you want to be a part of us, you have to play the pan flute sometimes. And they didn't want to. So they got sealed the orcs, which is why they don't have a pan flute anymore. 
Yeah, there's down still that panthers. one. There's he's that one the, He's an outlier. Orc. He's a good orc. We already yeah. said. But the rest of the orc, the men in the orcs didn't see eye to eye. Because of the pan, pan flutes. flutes. Yeah. yeah. The rest of the people in Middle Earth were like, dude, pan flutes sell our music like 100%. We can't have our music without them. And orcs were like, you could though. Listen to this fucking drum solo, dude. Orcs are drummers. Orcs and drummers have a lot in common. Big drum- I think. Orcs and trolls. Drummers. Yeah. Who thought the trolls, the had trolls drum? were just, were, yeah, those trolls were. They're drumming they away. They were the real drummers, yeah. Yeah. Though I guess orcs aren't, or trolls are stupid, but they're not like, like an animal. Yeah. They have intelligence. You could talk, level. yeah, you could talk to them. Yeah. You can train them to do shit. Like, be a percussionist. Right, exactly. And the band, and the exactly. orc band. Exactly. The Mordor mobiles. The Mordor mobiles. Mordor hits. I don't know. What's their band name be? The Mordor World Tour. Thinking like madness in Mordor. <laughs> Mordor's wrath. No, you shouldn't get me going on this train. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun little backstory that we created while watching. We had a lot of fun watching this. We made a lot of jokes throughout it. Made a lot it. of jokes, made a lot of fake backstories fake for people. Fake backstories for a lot of characters. That's the beauty of watching something so many times. You're so enriched in it that you you know what's going on. Yeah. You can still watch it. We're not going to offend each other if we talk during it because no. we all know what's going on. Yeah. If it's someone's first viewing, you can't talk Shut the it. fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love this scene where they go and get the ghosts. I think there's one portion of the plot I do want to get into where it's like, you, I, I think in a lot of movies, if something like the ghost just showed up and won the battle for them, you would be like, oh, what a fucking cop out. I was but, also thinking But that. you don't feel that in Return of the King. Yeah, for some it's reason it's very, satisfying. You, you feel like you've earned this. Like, yeah. Like, they don't just get these ghosts out of thin air and they save the day. Right. It's only due to the fact that, one, Aragorn is the king and has the bloodline of the king. The sword has been remade, which, you know, not something that really takes place in the books either. But a fun way to play around with that plot line. Right. You know what I mean? So to build up to swords fixed, they go get the army. All this shit happens in the battle with Frodo in between. So you're just like, there is, there are consequences to everything. And there's a reason why Aragorn was able to get the ghosts. Yeah. And also has the added effect of, you know, building suspense for the actual battle when Aragorn isn't there. Because, mm-hmm. like, those are our three main guys who've been in every battle. And yeah. they're not going to be they're there not, for the final for most battle. Most of it, yeah. Yeah. And the morale is low. forget about that. That scene works so well, too, because you kind of forgot about them. Yeah. Yeah. Until you they see, show up on the boats. You see... The app, like him threaten the ghost king. Yeah. The ghost king being shook, but you don't actually see his answer. Right. Yeah. And what then, say you? Right. Then it cuts to a new scene. Yeah. But then. And you don't see him again until they show up on the shore. So it's just like. And a lot of shit in this movie had taken place in the meantime. Yeah. And I know there's also the criticism of like, why wouldn't they keep the ghost army so they could kill Mordor and then let them go? Doesn't, like, work no, doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Does not work that way. These Wouldn't are weird curses. You can't break them. Wouldn't have worked that way. Yeah. yeah. If, if Aragorn would have went back on that, holy fuck. Yeah. And he's not that guy. He's not that he's guy. He's more noble. That's why he's the king. Yeah. They did their part. And also, that oh. wouldn't be interesting if the ghost army just rolled over everything and destroyed Sauron. Yeah. No. Lame. Had to get rid of him. Yeah. In a good, satisfying way. Yeah. They're released. And then boom, tensions back on. Right. These guys are going to the black gate, the fucking darkest place we've heard of so far. Right. Down a king, down a steward. They still have Gandalf. They got Aragorn. Yeah. But the hobbits. The hobbits. Yeah. And you know what's left to their army. So yeah, it's something. It's uh 
It's great. Yeah. It's so, all great. The final battle where they're outside of the Black Gates has a really good, it does a really good job with a sense of scale where like you really feel how outnumbered they are. Because like Minas Tirith, it looked like, like they were getting fucked up, but it looked like they had a lot of people still. But now like looking at the actual remainder of their forces. Not big. They would not have lasted long. And then long. that gate opens and you just see how big the opening wave in Mordor is. And it's like, right. oh, this ain't good. Yeah, they're going to get heroes. rolled over. How will they ever survive? Samwise Gamgee's how they ever survive. Yeah. And a little bit Smeagol. No hope from Frodo. Frodo is a fucking toad. I've always loved the theme of Lord of the Rings of how sometimes the biggest threat to like a great power comes from like the most unlikely places or like the smallest places. And, like One of the whole reasons why they were successful is because they held a kind of power that Sauron couldn't recognize and that was the power of friendship and love and perseverance and because they're so so tiny that like what does your heart tell you (laughs) (laughs) just full of that fucking rich nonsense that just works it just works it just works that like yeah obviously the great evil would be taken down by a gardener and his boyfriend (laughs) because why not because why not why not it's not the big cool king that has a final showdown with Sauron where they, they fight each no. other with swords and maces or like all the heroes. They like cut that shit out. The they made something like that and team said, up nah. and fight. No. Yeah. Little hop of people. People you didn't even really consider existed or didn't care about. Boom. Now you're bound to them by the end of the movie. Yeah. Bitch. And then they just go back home, dude. Oh, I love the way this movie just kind of ends. It's so... Because we know it's not a... It's not directly tied to World War II, but Tolkien is literally telling you how he feels about just going back to ordinary life after being involved in World War II by talking through Frodo being like, there's no going back. Like you try to just go back to the normal life and war, everything you've been through is with you forever. And I'm just like, dude, that's so fucking deep. Yeah. It's like what Cosmonaut Variety Hour says, where like the entire movies, the Throughout all three of these movies, all the hobbits can think about are returning home. Like they mention home in every movie, all pretty the time, much. Yeah, all the time. Like they, they want, the world. and once they're finally home, they realize that it's not the same anymore. Yeah, it's because they're different. All of them just like at their bar together before Sam gets married, and it's a very somber, bittersweet. It's bittersweet, absolutely. Yeah, because you it's realize so real. like, they're they're messed up. Well, not yeah. in like a they're. Like they have, they definitely all have PTSD, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But nobody else that lives around them even is remotely aware of any or concerned or yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do all, yeah, they all. It's a very knowing look yeah. that they all give each other. Uh-huh. And they hit the cheers, and even despite that, we're we're brought back into the positivity. Sam fucking, he's like, you know, what? I've been through a lot of shit these past couple months. I'm going to talk to that girl. And they're yeah. all just like, the look on their face, like such boys. You know what I mean? Your boys are pumped for, what is he doing? And then it cuts, Sam's marrying her. And it's like, oh, hell yep. yeah, he did. Happy hell ending. yeah, he did. Uh, he gets the happy ending. Yeah. A protagonist deserves. Mm-hmm. Yes, gets he, the girl. Yes. Gets the happy life. happily ever after. Essentially. He comes out the best out of everyone, pretty much. As he deserves, because he did the most out of everyone. Yeah. Boom. Boom, Frodo. Carry your weight. Oh, wait, no, Sam's got it for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> for those who don't know, Chase is an avid 
Frodo hater. I don't like Frodo. He does not Frodo like Frodo. Sucks. I've made my point very clear about Frodo on numerous occasions. Yeah. Um, Which I agree. A little better in the books. A little better in the books. Still, you know, not really. I like Frodo. I don't have the same hatred as for Frodo as you do. Right. But I, I agree with your points. He is a little bitch at times. He sucks. He doesn't. He doesn't go much. Fucking ring wears him, but you know we don't need we don't need to get into all of that because a lot of people do like Frodo, and I might come up as like a dickhead for for not That's liking true. Frodo, but Frodo is a good I don't character. like him, and I'll I'll stand by it. He has to carry the burden of the he ring. Does somebody try to do it? Once again, book Frodo's a little less of a bitch, but we're I'm book t- Frodo. Well, it, I'm talking strictly movie Frodo. It makes sense when you realize I never realized like Frodo is supposed to be in his fifties. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like it contextualizes that differently in the books because you're aware that he's like 55 years old <laughs> right he's like yeah which is still young-ish for a hobbit but but older than they look at the but movies. still he li- he's lived on this earth for 55 like it comes <laughs> across more as like a master and servant relationship yeah. like a benevolent one yeah but like you Not can like see the, res- the age difference and the respect difference there yeah and he talks more like an old man yeah in the books yeah yeah so, but I like to talk about him as movie Frodo because he's still not that great either way. Yeah. But what a bitch. What a bitch. But Sam saves it because he's more of the true protagonist. Yes. Yes, he is. He's my favorite character. Who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Um, Sam's up there. Legolas used to be my favorite. Legolas used to be. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, I tend to play Archer characters a lot. And yeah. I think it's because Legolas influenced me because I thought Legolas was the coolest mm-hmm. when I was young. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy can I do enjoy Sam's uh, story arc mm-hmm. way more and like his character development totally and like even I don't know it's even tough to say character development because it's not like he had much to develop no he just flaunts the character that he has yeah it's more so just like he gets put into situations where he can or his character yeah. gets to shine his development is more a you see him as a bumbling fool but he's not really he's actually quite loving and can kick ass when need be yeah it's more so your idea of him develops rather than like him as a character you see him get over his arachnophobia (laughs) that's true he's an arachnophobe his story arc from when he was just a boy yeah yeah everybody knows that everyone knows that about sam about sam was gamgee notorious arachnophobe can't stand him Mm -hmm. that's all the better better when when they bark at him he's oh he overcomes shelob yeah beautiful scene beautiful scene like I said it's my favorite scene in all the books but who is your favorite character that is it are you saying it's Sam or you, is it, it used to be Legolas who is it now I would still have to say Sam you would say Sam yeah okay cool nice and we're on the, kind of the same page yeah and, yeah I think for me it would go Sam Aragorn I like Aragorn Aragorn's a lot. probably my third favorite yeah I think Gimli's would you say Legolas is now your second I'd say Legolas okay cool I still think he's cool oh yeah I like Legolas Legolas used to be I think before I liked Aragorn more I was also a Legolas fan, but the older I got, the more I was just like, I was just, for some reason, I was always way more satisfied, because it's not like Legolas has a huge character, like, he, he has interactions with Gim, with Gimli, which are great, which, like, I love that pairing, and, like, they both really enhance, yeah, yeah, their friendship's great, they, they enhance each other's characters by their friendship development, but even just, like, watching his action scenes, because, like, those three always fight together, and, like, it always pants to, like, each of their fighting styles, I was always just, I just got something a little more whatever I saw him fight, just because I think the creative ways of killing people with arrows that he comes up with That's true, yeah. satisfied me a lot yeah, more yeah, than yeah. sometimes when, like... Swinging a sword. Seeing, yeah, Aragorn and Gimli just chopping people down, yeah. even though that's still cool. It sure is, yeah. Yeah, but, like, just... 
and like they obviously hammed it up and later and like like this he gets maximum superheroes oh yeah agility where sure, he, for sure yeah he gets to do that where you're like why don't they just bring that else to everything if they can all do yeah. this but if this is just what one of them can do holy fuck right yeah. but he, to be fair he is like one Mark of Woodian. the elves he's Merc Woodian and he's one of like Mark strongest Eaton. elves yeah so it's not like he's an average elf no he's a very above average elf yeah and elves in general are just better at most things that's fair yeah they're like better men yep yeah pretty much yeah. they don't die yeah don't give birth a lot though no that's kind of an issue yeah but I guess if you're not dying unless you get killed who cares? Right. Interesting. What a world they created. Very interesting. It shakes me to my core. I loved watching it. It had been over a year since I'd watched it. Oh. Yeah, I know. I don't usually have that much time go between watches. I love that shit. Yep. But no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Best in the series, I'd say. Yeah. I like Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just something about... It's just... This movie is just climax after climax after climax. And you don't feel tired. You just feel more pumped up each mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Like, it's, like, orgasming. Like, yeah, like movie. I said when we were watching it, and I was like, this movie hits a point about half an hour in where you are just greeted with scene after scene after scene of something epic or awesome or just banger scenes for whatever reason until the movie's over. And it's after the fucking beacons are lit. There's this epic lit beacon scene. Yeah, that's where everything And from that up. point forward, you're just like, oh, and you're in it yeah and that's why it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour movie because even though it's super long the pacing manages to be really quick like you're the only time it really slows down is in between big fight scenes and then like whenever they pan to Frodo and Sam that's kind of like a reprieve but besides that like you're just zooming through it yeah everything's happening yeah nonstop for all the best of reasons for all the best of reasons did he reject Eowyn in this movie no, that was, was that in the second movie? I can't remember if you No, were... I think it is this movie. I think yeah. it's Return of the King. Yeah, that is Which, this one. That was always kind of a one-sided relationship. Yeah, oh, totally. I think she was reading into his noble gallantry too yeah. much. Yeah, because it's when he leaves the camp, he tells her, like, my heart's like fucking, like, ain't it, not you. Yeah. yeah. He rejects her in a great way. You, you do it's almost miss It's the nicest it. rejection I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> yeah, he's very subtle. <laughs> Like I said, this is the movie that makes the fellas look really good. Yeah. You know guys were in charge of this because a girl is the character that gets friend-zoned in this movie. Right, and they're like, <laughs> take that women that have friend-zoned us. <laughs> That's how it feels. Now you have to marry Far- Faramir. Uh, Faramir. Uh, I don't dad think they tried show to them him. getting married in the movies, do they? No, they're just standing next to each other. That's at, a book thing. At Aragorn's, yeah. They're just standing next to each other. Another thing, the movie definitely throws in little moments of stuff that's just like quick scenes to anybody just watching but if you're a book reader you're like I see the depth in that quickness show not tell yeah you can appreciate it masterclass adaptation even with explaining the ghost army they did a good job yeah and they explained that very little yeah it was just like yeah there's this ghost army you can get him you can get him and use him and we just accepted it as an audience and it didn't feel hacky or ass pulley like it very much belongs I'm pretty sure that storyline not from the books but like that's a that's part of the lore it the, is part yeah. of the lore so like, yeah it's fine when you're pulling from shit that's there anyways nobody cares right because the people who know are gonna be like oh yeah that makes sense and the people who don't are gonna say oh that's cool because I didn't know 
the lore behind that for the longest time. Because that's how those people have felt all three movies by this yeah. point. They're just yeah. like you when you were seven. It's the long it's, for the ride. It's the action. It's ready to see cool scenes. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And uh, uh, seeing and the ghost layers is what we infect up that elephant and like take it down all one swoop all in the background. Awesome. Yeah, this movie has unforgettable movie visuals, and that is certainly one of them. Yeah, just, just watch them eat it's it so like an quick, ant. It's almost off screen, too, that it happens. Yeah. It's like matter of fact they eat an elephant. Right, that they're just crushing. They yeah. just wiped out Because you know they're everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good, so good, so good. So when Carl Urban threw the spear at that elephant rider and speared him, do you think he planned... Well, for it to be that successful and have him pull the elephant down towards the other elephant and kill them both. I'm telling you, he thought he was just going to kill that guy. You thought he was just going to kill that guy? Kind of like how I play pool. You know, I'll shoot, and I'm just hoping to get one in, but sometimes something crazy happens, and I'll get two in just by, like, happenstance. Yeah. That's what that was like. And you're like, damn, I'm People cool. who saw that probably now think I'm pretty good at pool. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, contraire. <laughs> Physics ent- gave me a boost. Entirely not my intention. <laughs> but I'll always act like it is, and I'd like to hope he would, too, when that happened. He was just like, yeah, I'm always knocking elephants over like right, that. Fuck them. Entirely according to the plan, so I could take it out two elephants. How many elephants did you take out? Oh, by yourself, single-handedly? It just, yeah, with barely any effort at all. Yeah. Very casually tossed the spear. So bullseye i mean and he's like the you know the leader of the row here i'm yeah he's um, a great warrior right and you're already you've already been told what how great of warriors the rohirrim are so you can buy that like you know yeah he's one of the top one of them could do such a thing pretty sure he's the one who takes over leading them after theoden dies yeah i think you're right because he's his nephew or something he's his last like his heir yeah male heir yeah yeah oh we got to talk about denethor we got to talk about that. How can we talk? That's another thing. We're talking about Return of the King. We're forgetting some of the most important topics. Yeah, the other titular character, Denethor. Denethor. Oh, what? Oh, fuck. What a guy. What a guy. What a campy um, Saturday morning villain that just fits and Campiest works. Campiest performance Fits in the and whole works for some reason. Movie, though. yeah. But works. Like, it's not... like it, This it guy achieves, sucks dick. Yeah, it does exactly what, the again, the movie wants you to... The movie makes you feel exactly how it wants you to feel about him. He sucks. Yeah. And it does that. And he is campy and weird, but also interesting. Yeah. And I mentioned when we were watching that, I thought movie Denethor kind of got the short end of the stick. Because book Denethor, even though he is also crazy and bad and selfish, he is a bit more noble in certain ways. And he's. it's also made clear that like he is too... A powerful guy that has controlled Gondor since however long in the absence of the king and that he's actually at least somewhat of a match intellectually with like the other big players in this world like you mentioned in the book yeah not represented in this movie at all not represented in this movie he's a coward he sucks he doesn't listen to his advisors he makes really crazy decisions like he's been off his rocker Ever since we met him. From the moment we meet him, yeah. It's post. Cause, because Boromir does, and Faramir talk about him in the other two movies, and you get that like at some point in time, this guy was noble. Yeah, they have great love for their father, but when you actually meet the guy, it. Yeah. It by that point, he sense. was wrecked. His son had died. You know, they, they cut out the thing, the character 
the character regression of him that they show in the books. Yeah. And just went, just show him like that. Just show so him the that Theoden, like as soon as we you don't meet, have time. When you meet Theoden at first, he's fucked up. You know yeah. what I mean? He was the same way. Yeah. So you get that same kind of thing, except the difference is he dies this way. And I think what also isn't really communicated well in the movie about him is that it's kind of implied in the books that he is being influenced by Sauron because he uses the Palantir. I don't know if necessarily he's influenced by Sauron, but more so he is using the Palantir to spy on Sauron and sees how strong he is and like kind of had this paranoia and what like this desire for the ring because he genuinely does care about Gondor and wants to protect it and his sons. But then the death of Boromir kind of made him crazier and like he just got more paranoid and his mental health declined a lot. And that's when he started to make more irrational decisions. But yeah, the books, he, it, and the movie just sucks. For a movie that's already really big, they were like, we don't have time to pay to Which, that. Which, yeah, I cut it's it totally down. fair. Yeah. It still works with what they gave us. Mm. It's just... Uh, then If you want more story behind this guy to see why people even dug him in the first place, just read the books. Yeah, read the books. That's like a bit more charitable representation of his character, even though he's not a very important character um, at the end of the day dies all the same yeah yeah but he's just funny for this he eats tomato juices fit out <laughs> hey just so oh, he's just so ugh, disgusting he's disgusting. yeah he's gross yeah he goes at gandalf kicks his ass twice yeah slaps his bitch ass with the spear yep we're not meant to take him seriously at all and then he just dies dies a cool scene runs off that very f- also funny scene yep on fire just on fire it's funny off the and cliff. epic and uh, it's a lot of things there yeah. are multiple scenes in this movie that many emotions just mix together in you mentioned how they kind of had to have the horse kick him in the face onto the fire so Dude, it's yeah, not like Gandalf directly horse. murdering yeah, him yeah 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 because yeah. this crazy guy mentally chest ill like man head head I'm imagining I picture it hit him chest head you know the way the legs hit that motherfucker would be dead yeah. from that alone but that Can't makes Gandalf look like a, a murderer. Because the horse is not going to like hold back on its Didn't wolf look kick. like it at all. Not the way that film scene threw him flying in the air <laughs> into a fire pit. Yeah. And he just from the gets face. up. Just gets up. like No blood. He's actually seeing his son alive. So now that he's got kicked in the ha- face by the horse, it's almost like it knocked some sense into him. Where really, it should have just killed him. <laughs> right. But... Because, you know, you accept that things that really would happen don't really always happen in this world. Because it's Hollywood. He lights on fire, and he gets up and runs off the cliff. Yep, and that's a, we got a much more epic scene because of it. Better than just dying by horse kick. But right, just I would accept it. In. I would take it, but it would be it would make my feeling toward it all just very different. <laughs> it would be such a tonal shift of the movie to have. Because, <laughs> like, it's hyper, it's violent, but, like, most of the violence is committed against orcs, and even then it's not, like, we don't see people get their arms chopped off or, or anything. We see heads mm-hmm. and shit, but it's light on the gore side, but just <laughs> suddenly half, like... This character have his skull caved in <laughs> and see that by a horse, yeah. yeah. And we're all just like, "All right, let's get out of here." And Gandalf did it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can see why decisions were made to be like, just make a run off the cliff. That's yeah, really cool. Him, yeah, dive by fire of his own making. Yeah, sins of thy father. So yeah, I, I just had to touch on that. I don't know if there's a whole lot of um, honorable mentions. I guess real quick before we. We leave. Yeah. Um, you got the killing of the Witch King scene, also pretty dope. Amazing scene. Yeah. I should have added that to my Yeah, that's a great scene. scene. Great but scene. 
I oh I mentioned Mary's during the movie weakens him. I am no man. I just want to reference for people who may not know that that's like an or like he got inspiration from Macbeth for that scene because in Macbeth I think it's Macduff or someone. There's some guy who has a prophecy about him who basically says no man born from a mother's womb can kill him. When you said that during the movie, I knew that about this scene. I thought you meant when it was because it took place like you said it like after Gimli was like still only counts as one or something about their killings. Yeah. I think there was just some time and then I took that as that and I was just like. I do not see how this connects to Macbeth <laughs> at all. Dude. No, I meant yeah, I meant that the, yeah. that makes the I didn't know that thing. I did know, but I'm sitting yeah. there like thinking of Macbeth, like why? Yeah, but I was also paying attention for Aragorn to kill that one dude, so I just kind of shook my head no when you said it. Oh yeah, speaking of which, we were looking at we were trying to find the orc general, or we were trying to see the orc general's death because you mentioned that you don't remember I don't ever think, seeing him I, die. I still don't. So I'm wondering so if that it. was an extended edition. I don't know. I'm just. I've only have. Remembering. Yeah, I've seen the extended edition, but not as much. But I distinctly remember in my mind seeing air, like seeing that guy, like Get running or something. Yeah. Like he might have even been trying to attack Eowyn, and Aragorn just like coming out of frame really quick and just like chopping off his arm and like chopping his head We're off. We're gonna and, look into this and continuing to fight. Other I don't orcs. remember it at all. Yeah, I've it was really quick. Like he di- he dies quick. If it's a quick thing. Then I still I still stand by my point then, though. It's like, it's either it doesn't happen at all, and it's like, oh, that guy seemed pretty big to not even show his death. But then to show it so much that you could miss it, me, a guy who's seen this movie yeah. a bazillion times, doesn't think he's ever seen it. That's pretty off, you know. That's odd, yeah. That. So I don't know. I don't know. If it is a lead scene thing, that's even worse, because I'm just like, just show him die then, because he's, you know, he's not a big character. We don't know right. his name. He does have a name. I looked it up. Yeah, I don't... I forget what it is. Yeah, I don't know it right off the top of my head. But, you know, when he does die, after you've seen him be in charge and, you know, be a fuck the whole time, you know, you want to see him die. Yeah, he's the ugliest fucking orc we've seen, and that's saying something. Mm -hmm. Fucking cancer on his face or something. But we kind of jumped off what we were originally talking about was the Macbeth scene for the Eowyn. Yeah, the whole Eowyn, like, I am no man thing to get around the prophecy. Like, that's all from... Right, Macbeth, because I think it was Macduff said, "Oh, like no man, no man born of a woman can kill me." Right. Yes. Yes. But then, like the guy who kills him, was born through cesarean section. Yes. Right. So it's like loophole. And you believe, like I, yeah. I, it didn't feel like you know, women can do stuff too. No, even. it didn't feel cheap. For, it was, like yeah, it worked. It felt very earned. Mm-hmm. It was with a character that we like. Like she, she's not annoying. At all, even though she, if it was done by like someone different, it could potentially be annoying. Yeah. No, it's just seen as like a really great scene. Right. Saves her uncle. And I mean, even Mary helps a little. He stabs, stabs the witch king to like weaken him yeah. a little. Mary gets the assist. Mm-hmm. Great scene. So that's an honorable mention. Yeah. Do you have an honorable mention of a scene before we tackle off? Oh, honorable mention. Um, Honorable mention. I would just have to say the scenes where the beacons get lit. Mainly because I just like to think about the logistics of it all, having to maintain... Right, yeah, we did talk about that. That huge chain of beacons where you have to have probably at least two guys watching it at all times. I'm assuming they'll do it in shifts. But some of these pe- some of these are located directly on top of peaks of mountains where there's no discernible way of how people get up there, let alone live up there. Yeah, very. we kind of started creating backstories for them. While we were watching the scene today, right? Because that because you'd the best all, day you'd of their have life. to. 
Yeah. Where they actually do the thing that they were assigned to do. Yeah, that. they'd be like, oh, yeah, dude, like that. Be-. The, the way Aragorn looks when he sees it is how each and every one of those people looked yeah. when they first started. They're probably started. They're like, super oh my fucking God. Psyched. And like we joked about, like the guy that day, I was like, what? What happened yesterday? No. No. I'm fucking. They're not going to light the beacons again for another 20 years. At the very least, they saved the world at the yeah, end of it. There's no threats there's left. There's nothing else to fight. We got to maintain these beacons, though. Wow. Do love the beacon scene. I feel like we could probably say something a little more, maybe not on a direct scene, but on just Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. Yes. Just that whole story arc. The cursed and... trio. Ah, yes. Each wanting something from the other, but each needing something from the other. Yeah. Shaky alliance. Smeagol Gollum. Gollum Smeagol. He says out loud pretty early in on the movie that he's going to kill these motherfuckers. And Sam doesn't just hear like it's not one of those things that Sam could be like, maybe I didn't hear that. Yeah. He hears an entire Sam murder. Sam one hundred percent hears everything and attacks Smeagol. And then Frodo asks him to spare him. Because they still need him to get to Mordor. Which fair, but Frodo still refuses to believe Sam, even though Sam has been nothing but supportive. Best and friend ever made. The best friend ever to Frodo this entire time. But again, that also is probably because the actors are look similar in age, when in reality in the books, Frodo is like decades older than Sam. So it still kind of makes sense that he's like stubborn and won't listen to a younger guy. Yeah. But I guess the whole point of this movie is to show how the ring is starting to drive a wedge between Frodo and Sam. And the only reason why he can't fully do that is because Sam is so persistent and has that Hobbit re- resilience that the ring and ring knows that he won't be able to survive if Sam's still there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he knows it has to get Sam out of the way. Just so it's like does. building up Frodo's mistrust of Sam. Yeah. Even though Sam's not done anything to yeah. earn that. The ring's a dirty dog. The ring is a dirty dog. But Sam's resilience to friendship and, and what he'll do for it yeah. is just as strong, if not more powerful, than the influence the ring has on a person. It overpowers the ring at times. It's even mentioned, well, it's shown in the movies, but mentioned in the books. We actually get to see more of Sam's inner dialogue when he gets the ring from Frodo initially, mm. when he thinks Frodo's dead from Shelob's attack. And the ring tries to seduce him with the idea of being like the best gardener ever in the world that'll have like a gigantic garden. Sam like understands that this is some bullshit and bullshit and that he kind of conquers the ring in that way not conquer it but like it can't influence him in the same way the way it wants to yeah Yeah. even in the heart of Mordor even yeah at the seat of its power what a G unit yeah yeah so they're just an interesting watch the whole way through they do the classic sure and it's all held together by Sam yeah Gollum is very interesting where you hate him but you still like him like him because he adds that conflict element and then you also realize at the end if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have been able to do it because sam's not gonna push frodo in the lava and frodo would have snuck out of there probably been captured by sauron Mm -hmm. yeah because Gollum gave his life to get that fucking ring that the world is saved even at all beautiful honestly poetry he saves the world but cannot save himself and he yeah trying to do the reverse he doesn't you know right he was doing it for selfish reasons but it led to his own destruction as well as the destruction of the ring. I do like the visual of the final scene where Frodo is holding, or Sam's holding Frodo up in you know, the lava pit. And telling him, Just reach! You see, like, the, the it's the ring still has power over Frodo. Like, yeah. Frodo's considering, 
jumping in and they make a really smart choice to like they show the ring like on that lava plume it hasn't right, quite been not, destroyed yeah, it's yet still, it's still there and he reaches for sam's hand he makes the decision to say fuck you to the ring and that's what it just before it gets destroyed so it's not like if, if you reverse those scenes that's a very different thing for frodo but knowing that frodo did overcome it in the final moments yeah and reach for sam big i'll give him a yeah that's a big moment for frodo for a loser right frodo <laughs> But cool. I like it. But yeah, he chooses friendship. And life. And life. Over this thing. Even though he knows that it'll never be the same. Bittersweet. Bittersweet ending to Lord of the Rings. That's how you land a bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bitter. Not too sweet. It's right in between. Yep. Good cup of coffee. We'd call that bittersweet. Yep. Hence why we said bittersweet. Yep. Just to clarify. Made it not too bitter, not too sweet. You think our shitters are stupid? (laughs) Do you not have faith in the shitters? They've come with us this far. It's true. It's true. They know what bittersweet is because they've watched this podcast. (laughs) Sometimes we have bittersweet endings. Do we? We're about to. (laughs) I don't ever want to see your stupid face in this house again. Too bitter. Just a bitter Too bitter. It's not very sweet. You're right. You want to try it? I don't want to see you right now. But perhaps... Too bad, I'm right here. Later. Ooh, I don't like that. Bittersweet? Ugh. So you have any other closing thoughts? You know I have billions more. We have plenty more. But I, we, we but have... They all make sense. We have been on Just Lord of the Rings now for an hour and 14 minutes. That's respectable. Yeah, I think that's a good spot to call her Clipsy Daisy. For sure. Well, shitters, thank you for being on this journey with us. It's been a delight. We got to, we're really liking this setup where we'll like sit here and watch a movie mid podcast and come in and talk about it. Yeah. It's working for us. I yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we won't always do this. This won't always be what we talk about on the show, but it has become a running theme that I think we're going to do more often than not. For so sure. Look out for more of that. Just more. Yeah. We just need more big blockbuster things to come out. Yeah. We can watch. Yeah. But we're having fun on the side while we're doing it. Yeah, doing um, our own old stuff. Yeah. So don't forget to follow Nerd Shit in the Dark on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Yep. We're putting out episodes. I think with this episode, I am going to officially announce that we are going to shift the schedule a bit. Um, and we will have episodes out every other Thursday. Boy needs a little more time in the editing room because getting it out Tuesday has been a little rough on me. Yep. So we're going to switch to Thursdays um, every other for now. Coming up. We are going, the episode after this, we are going to close off our Step Up saga. That's true, um, with the Avengers. We're going to have we're gonna have Amber on. We're going to watch High School Musical, the musical, and, and then... The Avengers of Step Up, I mean. Step Up 5, yeah. yeah. Where they all team up. And talk about all of that. So that's something to look forward to in the, year, in the weeks to come. So we did say that that was a goal for 2023. Um, the episode will release in 2024, but know that we still recorded it. Just on the end tail. We'll yep. get it right it on the end of 2023. So we did it. Thanks for sticking out with us for that one. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I got. So, ooh, there's shit in the dark at gmail.com. If you have shit that you want us to try or like look into to talk about on the show, send an, send an email to that email. Yeah, I'll check we'd it out. love to see it. Oh my God. It, it's cool that we have time to come up with our own shit to get into and talk about want us to talk about certain things i will try things out and come on here and talk about them so just saying movies you know books tv shows games let us know porn and talk about them porn (laughs) not porn don't send us porn porn. no please thank you don't 
don't do it. We don't want it. Yeah. We don't want it. Um, but anything else? Yeah. So, what do you say, hey, Brayden? What do you say, hey, Chaz? I say it's time you and I get out of here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's time for you and I to lickety-split it on out of here. Lickety-split-splat-sploot, we're kicking the boot and we're leaving the house tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know oh. what else to say Me to neither. the shitters before we... Don't see them till after Christmas. So Merry Christmas, Merry guys. Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. We missed that. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Boxing Day. All those things coming up. Yep. It's great. Whatever holiday you celebrate, dude, have a good time good. with it. Yep. And bless you. Bless all. you all. And to all, a good a night. good night. And don't let the shit bugs bite. There we go. Boom. Found it. Bye.